Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. And I'm Orla Miles. And welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where one person recommends the film, the other person watches, well, we both watch it, and then we meet to discuss the film. Uh, this week's film is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. It is directed by Anna Lily Amipour, uh, produced by Justin Bernot, Sina Sanya, and Frodo Baggins. I mean, Elijah Wood. <laughs> It's what? Re- yep. <laughs> it's, what? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That's quite weird. It's written by Anna Lily Armipour, with cast of Sheila Vand as the girl, Arash Morandi as Arash, Marshall Manesh as Hossein, the junkie, Mozan Marno as Ati, the prostitute, and Dominic Reigns as Saeed, the pimp. Cinematography by Lyle Vincent and edited by Alex O'Flynn. The IMDb synopsis is as follows. In the Iranian ghost town of Bad City, a place that reeks of death and loneliness, the townspeople are unaware they are being stalked by a lonesome vampire. This week's film was picked by Orla. It was. And Orla, what are the reasons there are you going to give to me for (laughs) picking this movie? Strong reasons. Uh, Well, this is the first... uh, western iranian vampire western uh hopefully not the last but probably the last and i think almost for that genre blend alone i think it's worth a look um but yeah i think this was kind of um i can't remember what point of the year it came out but i remember when it came out and it got like a small amount of fanfare and then nobody ever talked about it again this is just kind of from my own memory of that year and uh I don't. I can't remember how well if it did well at award ceremonies or not. But um, all sort of the people I know, um, not that many people were talking about it. I think it's kind of talked about, but not massively seen film. So I was kind of curious to see what you thought of it. Uh, anyways, so Ricardo, what did you think of the film? Okay, uh, what did I think of the film? Uh, meh. 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 Oh. That's my review. That's, oh, uh, that's, uh, is this just revenge for um? No, 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 no. <laughs> for born the Fourth of July? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not a petty man. I'm okay. a man of strong morals. Okay, Orla. Okay. I wouldn't be as petty as having revenge, <laughs> especially on the film. I'm like so moralistic <laughs> about people's opinions and people changing right, their opinions. All right, all right. Faith restored. Um, Go on. Why was it meh? Um, first of all, it's not a western. Uh huh. Which. Uh, especially with the opening because it's like the credits and the music is like pure western yeah and uh afterwards jesus that was quite british afterwards <laughs> that the beginning like the music and the credits are very western yeah it, it feels like a sergio leone joint yeah and then there's no western in it it's just like a marketing marketing oh. marketing ploy it's just a marketing ploy, I think. The, a marketing ploy? Yeah, calling a Western. Because, like, soundtrack-wise, yeah. But that's about it. There's no other... As a genre... Yeah. There's no other uh, things that call back to the genre of Western. It's the same... Let's say you could say that there's, like, Western inflections in the movie. But it's yeah. not a Western. It's the same as no. uh, having a film that is slightly dark and about a private detective and call it a film noir okay it'd be uh you can have film noir inflections or inspired by film noir mm-hmm. but it's like saying the inglorious bastards is a western and it has the same link almost <laughs> uh, it's very tarantino i felt 
okay. to its own detriment, right? In part, with hints of David Lynch, which is like the weirdest combination that you can have, and it took me out of the picture at times because it wears its um, influences really uh, uh, face value, let's say. Uh-huh. But my biggest issue is, with the film mm-hmm. is that I really like half of it, and I don't care that much for the other half as in everything with the girl yeah i really like mm-hmm. uh things with a rash not so much okay and i think meh is in the sense that i think it was overhyped when i like by reviews we touched upon that it was not very well seen mm-hmm. by audiences but i think that critically it's a film that is uh there's not that much depth in it. Yeah. And uh, I have other issues, but like it's not a film without its without worth, let's say. It's a, it's a very well-made film and it is a good film. But at the same time, the, the biggest emotion that I felt after watching the movie was meh. <laughs> you know, like there's moments in it that are unbelievable. Yeah. And then... You There's don't think it, you don't think it all comes together. No, I think that it's uh, it's below the sum of its parts. Let's say. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. You say that um, you don't think it's actually a western. It's not a western. I don't think that. Well, like nest- you, yeah. you said no, it in the opening. Yeah, there. I know. In a joking sense, I think it's in the same way that you say it's a vampire movie. It's not really a vampire movie. Well, it, it is a vampire movie. Well, it has a vampire in it, but it's not. It but there's no western that- in it whatsoever. Just the music, and it's. it's and I, and they, even- no, it's a you know the whole I, the setting is what makes it a western. Like obviously, like the setting is really the western character of it. it doesn't really have any of the tropes of a western in that it doesn't really have any like characters that you would see within a standard western or whatever but it, well, then if you look at like the vampire genre there's an awful lot of the vampire genre that you do not see in this i think the fact that she is a vampire is kind of incidental really and kind of the fact that they have it has this setting is kind of incidental not in a way that makes it slight just in a way that i don't think that that's really the point of it well like and i they, think but that they sold not... it as a western it's a big bold in the cover of the DVD saying the first Iranian vampire western. Yeah, but do you not think that that's tongue... Like, that their kind of tongue-in-cheek marketing of it is the only Tarantino comparison that I would really make because, in my mind, Tarantino just writes Tarantino. Like, he just writes himself into various characters and then puts them into interesting places. They don't feel like characters that could even possibly be real. A lot of the time, he's not really looking at themes. Like, I think there is a theme underneath this and that's what elevates it past it just being showy and, you know, them going a little bit of Tarantino, a little bit of David Lynch, a little bit of this. Oh, and we'll call it a Western and people go, oh, and we'll make it in black and white well, as well. Uh, since as well, that I'm a big fan of a truly vampire Western, John <laughs> Carpenter's Vampires <laughs> with Daniel Baldwin and yes. James Woods. Okay, I was waiting for that reference. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's the same. What I meant about Tarantino is not in, in his writing. Uh, it's more about his filmmaking, which is uh, mo- the entire soundtrack for one is ta- it, there's no original score for the movie, which is the most Tarantino thing that you can do <laughs> besides yeah, writing but... like weird movies. But it's also the pacing of the movie. Yeah. And also in some way, 
how it's shot but it's not that much it's just like the overlap that i felt mm. of um in the sense that it, it feels like a, a director really showing their strength yeah and but at the same time like making themselves really seen in the process as in the Anna Lily Armipour doesn't step back and tell the story the way that it, without calling attention to herself mm-hmm. if it makes sense yeah I know what you mean it's kind of I suppose you like your point I, I don't necessarily agree with that but I know what you mean it's kind of like it's the kind of thing that's leveled at Jeff Nichols a lot as well but I don't think it's true of Jeff Nichols that you know say in something like Midnight Special where people are like oh Spielberg 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 like but I think that he's able to take his influences and use them but have something underneath them so that it's not just you're not it's not just like a homage to a certain you know I don't think I don't think this is a homage to all those things and nothing else I think that it's oh yeah like it's there is a real depth to the movie yeah that's why uh, you're annoyed (laughs) uh, yeah like I'm annoyed because like like I said I think that the the side with the girl, which is the name of uh, Sheila Van's character, uh, who's unnamed yeah. throughout the movie. It's really interesting and great. Yeah. But that's about half of the movie. And mm. the other half is that side is very original and so well done. Yeah. And the other side, I have seen it before and I've seen it done better. If you're going to do the the angle of the two lonely souls, mm-hmm. the two souls have to have equal footing. Yeah. In the sense that in this film, I wouldn't have a problem if the girl was the, the main character. I'm not saying that the male character has to be at the same level. Mm. It's that the film takes that position and his side of the story is nowhere near as interesting as her side of the story. Yeah. His character is nothing like he's so passive he like unfortunately for the actor because i actually think think that he gives a good performance yeah i think it's a good performance but i think that he doesn't have a lot to work with yeah and all the mystery that she portrays and uh, she holds just in her eyes the, mm. like uh, she the cinematography that's another thing mm. cinematography is unbelievable in parts and horrible in other parts horrible interesting where oh no like just the lens flare that's so interesting so much like jj abrahams would have put less lens flare are you you talking about um i think it's the first scene whenever the drug dealer comes to their house and throughout the movie yeah well i see i think in certain points the lens flare is used quite interestingly because in that first scene, whenever he comes to their house with like his dad's there and his dad's off his face and everything, and there that flare is coming from it's like a strip light, it's like um, a fluorescent light, and it's you can see um, you can see the flicker, yeah. like the flicker is really visible because obviously they're at different frequencies, and but it's almost it feels like it, like it, it feels like they've used it as an interesting stylistic po- like point, so in scenes that are quite threatening and stuff, I thought it was quite interesting. Well, it it does appear to have a point in some scenes. Yeah, okay, I But it's point, overused yeah. throughout. That's why I'm saying that it, it really works 
a moment mm. and there's really vampire movies which this is i disagree with you in the sense that it's just because it has a vampire in it that it is a vampire movie it is a vampire movie to the same extent that Werner Herzog's Nosferatu is and I love the shot of her in the skateboard with the her cake. Yeah, behind, yeah. There's some really interesting, um, which visuals. is a callback to Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, mm. that has Klaus Kinski running around the place, <laughs> being Klaus Kinski. Like I don't even know if he was just, in character or not. Just like play yourself, Klaus. Just run around like a creep, Klaus. <laughs> um, but like it, it, like straight away, I was like, oh, there's interesting things in the movie. Like he walks across the bridge and there's like the pit of bodies and nobody pays attention to the pit of bodies. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's quite out there. It's cool. Uh, I think now that you said about the city being yeah, a Western. It's called Ghost Town. Or no, what's bad it city. Or Bad City. Yeah, like it's... <clears throat> For one, I thought like, that it, maybe it was like an issue with the subtitles. I was like, oh, I live in Bad City. A terrible <laughs> name for a city. Um, but yeah, it's the emptiness of it. and But I think it's the fact that they chose a town that looks so suburban valley, California, to mm-hmm. shoot it. It just looks like the suburbs of LA. It doesn't... If it was something... A place that is really desolate... Like, even... 20 lights. Uh, <sighs> even if it was a place in, in Kansas or Oklahoma, you know, the... It seems like civilization just ended there. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't moved for years. And those towns exist. Is that this place looks like... Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like that would have just been like weirdly on the nose or something. Like surely that's more just to have them in a random place. You know, like the, this is supposed to at least vaguely look like Iran, I think. So like, I think if to them just to be in like, oh, it's a ghost town, you know, this is clearly... um Yeah, I think that using a particular trope like that well, not really a trope but like using something that's so strongly coming from a particular genre I think would be just too on the nose I think the fact that it is the suburbs and they managed to make it look like not just through the black and white but the way it's shot and the way everything's so empty and a lot like so much of it is at night as well and it's so desolate and the whole thing of like you know the prostitute as well like that's she is straight out of a western like definitely so and I think even like scenes where people are in cars and they managed to make it look like it's a western town even though it's not and i think that's more interesting and i think if it had been shot in a kind of a desolate sort of abandoned place it just wouldn't really have worked maybe like it's uh i try to avoid uh even though it might not seem like the case <laughs> in this podcast of re- redirecting a movie yeah 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 as in what i would have done <laughs> we definitely in the do that, but I, I agree with you in this case, is that I don't know. Like, I think the in this case, the only issue really that I have with the movie is the uh, the separation between the quality of mm. the girl's side of the story versus his side of the story. I do because know because I could overlook all the other flaws, and if everything was at the same level as the girl's side, mm. I'd be blown away by the movie. Is Every time that the she cuts away from uh, the girl's side of the story. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
so much of this film I don't know if this is what was intended this is just something that I kind of read because so much of this film is subversion of um, gender roles in a lot of ways and how in this the men are really the victims the men are the lambs the men are you know even even the guy um, the drug dealer like in the end he is just a victim he's completely powerless doesn't really so I wonder if the way I kind of see it is that he almost has the female role in the film if you know what I mean like the the main character does like the um what's his name Amesh Arash Arash <laughs> um Arash does um you know what I mean so that yeah like I don't know if it I don't know I because I do agree with you it's certain there are certain scenes in this that I don't particularly think add anything to it particularly the scene whenever he um steals the earrings from the girl um like I don't have a problem like the scene up until that point is kind of interesting where she's kind of you know because she's there and even like in that scene she's just like where he's like oh it's inappropriate or whatever and she's just like uh-huh, you know looking at him um up until he steals it I yeah I there are certain points of this where I agree with you I'd rather go back to her because she's much more interesting but um I think maybe she's trying as the director is trying to do something a bit like properly subverting roles if you know what i mean i i get where you're coming from when mm. i actually had that thought at the same time <laughs> i do agree with it you has to, to be point. if you're doing that mm. you can't just torpedo your own movie <laughs> to like as a critique think, of saying i don't think she does though like it's not no, I'm saying that if that's the point, yeah, that she's making a comment that female characters are underdeveloped in mm. movies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If it is the case that she underdevelops the male character as a comment, I think it's a big mistake because it's torpedoing t- torpedoing your movie. Mm. It's because I I did get that he's taking the traditional role of a female character in a vampire story. Mm-hmm. And all the roles have been reversed. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, like uh, if he had been executed to the same level, Mm. the effect of the gender swap would have been even more impactful. Yeah. Because if you think about it and you're watching it and you go like, why when you put a dude in that position, the character is well developed. And when you put a girl in that position, the character is not well developed. Mm. It would have made the point far stronger yeah. than having the character that is generally female and underdeveloped <laughs> as male and underdeveloped. Well, I don't necessarily mean that he's underdeveloped. Well, like the plot line underdeveloped or well, less interesting than the... Well, yeah, I think it's more that he's just, he has no agency kind of or has no real, like he he's a wimp and, you know... He, it's not his only character trait. Like he, he's obviously like a nice guy or whatever as well, and like he's trying to look after his dad and, you know. But I think this is kind of encapsulated in the ending and how like, you know, you kind of think in the end that this is going to be where he leaves and he, you know, he's but he doesn't. He gets back in the car. It's yeah, like, like he finds out that she killed his dad. Yeah, like. you know, like that. I mean it more in that than uh, 
that he is like underdeveloped because I don't think he's underdeveloped in the, in the manner of. But there's nothing behind the the surface of the movie. Like she feels like the she, uh, as we have mentioned many a time in the podcast mm-hmm. that she feels like she had a life, hom- however weird, a life before the film mm. and after the film. He feels like a character that was written for the film. For example, there's no moment like the one when the girl speaks to the little boy. Yeah. And she's like, be a good boy. Mm-hmm. And it hints to something happened in her past that is forcing her to be a vigilante. Attack. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, be a vigilante, like picking her victims that are bad people generally. But at the same time, warning a kid not to go down that path. Mm. And obviously in a place called Bad City, pretty bad things <laughs> probably happen to her. <laughs> yeah. But you have that feeling of something happened before her. Mm. Be- sorry, that something happened before the film started. With Arash, like besides him being an enabler to his dad and his drugs, mm. I don't feel anything for the dude. Like the the best moment in the movie for one like when i started in the movie 10 minutes in i don't know where the film is going i didn't read anything about the movie don't know what the movie is about i know there's a vampire in it yeah that's it and there's a girl obviously because it's in the title yeah but don't know what the plot is whatsoever where it's going etc and i like that Mm -hmm. Uh, it reveals itself very slowly yeah but as soon there's a lot of butts in this (laughs) review as soon as she gets to the pimp's apartment, it's way too long. I, like the the sense of every... Mo- There's about 12 moments in that scene mm-hmm. to show how much of a dickhead the pimp is. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. It's like, <laughs> um, I know. I've noticed it like within two seconds when he was sitting in the car, I know that he deserves to die. Just kill him already. Don't like have him do coke and tell her that she she's a woman, so she should do what he tells. And then never, pops. never has a man been overcompensating as much as that dude. Oh yeah, like for, it, it, it jumped out. It was like Tony Montana. Like I expected, <laughs> like a huge pile of cocaine. Yeah, um. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that scene because it is just hilarious. Like. I kind okay. I concede that it is probably too long, especially because you know that he's gonna die. Yeah, and as well, like I think the scene with him in the car with the prostitute is way better scene, like, you know, illustrating um, how much of an asshole that guy is. <laughs> like it is kind of superfluous. Um, once you kind of you know that she's the vampire and everything, it is kind of point like pointless for that scene to go on as long as it does. But that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it as it was going on. <laughs> Like, I, I did enjoy it mm. in a sense, but like any joke that goes on for too long. Yeah. It's like, oh, get it over with already. Like, <laughs> he's going to die and then <laughs> something's going to happen. And that's what I mean. It's like the first 20 minutes, I didn't have a problem with not knowing what's going on mm. and the film taking its time. But once you know what's going to happen, for example, when uh, the scene which is by far the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. When she brings him back to the flat, she brings Arash back to the flat. Yeah. And she puts the music on and it's just like one shot. Yeah. Sideways on. And she lifts his neck mm-hmm. and you don't know, is she going to bite him? 
or not. Yeah. Um, that's good filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Because even though the scene is long, the mystery of the scene in itself remains until the very end. Yeah. And it even cuts before you know what happened. Yeah. He's just walking around. And, did they sleep together? Yeah. Did they just cuddle? Well, I think they... Can s- you cuddle a vampire? <laughs> Well, he sits on the bed, I think, and then she kind of goes over beside him, I think. is not how that that scene ends. Like, it doesn't... It is kind of ambiguous. Yeah, and that's amazing. Good filmmaking. Yeah. Because you're there for the next 10 minutes thinking, what is the context of the relationship now? Mm -hmm. Since there's an omission of what happened that night. Yeah. And it's obviously a big moment for both of them. Yeah. We know that Arash is alive, so something for Sheila Vant's character clicked. Mm. Not going to kill that guy. But not knowing what the next six, eight hours happened is interesting, I think. Yeah, I really like that scene. And the music is amazing. Yeah, there's some very interesting soundtrack choices, I think, in this. But some of it's too on the nose Western. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> It's like one or two notes away from the good and the body. Yeah. I was watching this with Eileen, friend of the podcast. And um, Hi Eileen. And uh yeah, she was just like, Jesus, this sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? Um yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It is there's certain points of this that are a bit like, okay, that's a bit on the nose. My favorite part of the movie, mm-hmm. which is Obviously, not the best part of the movie because that's the the scene that we were just discussing there. Mm-hmm. It's when they meet up together. Yeah, he's dressed as a vampire. Mm. They have this really strange moment because he's off his face on pills. Yeah, on yolks as we call them in Ireland. <laughs> For about ten minutes, I thought that the film was gonna no, not ten minutes less about two minutes. I thought that the film was gonna turn into a farce comedy where he had to pretend to be a vampire. <laughs> And I really like that vision of the movie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I love that little scene as well. Like, I like because I think up until that point, whenever he first meets her, I don't think she's really spoken other than to the child as like her demon sort of voice, you know, like in whatever, like almost like possession or whatever, whenever she's talking to the child. So she doesn't really, you know, like you don't, she doesn't speak very much in this film. So I think like that scene is interesting, not really f- for him's perspective, but for her perspective, because you're seeing more of her and just even like all the shots of like her face, like just the way she's looking at him, just like, you know, in every other scene where we've seen her face, which is not an awful lot of scenes, um, she only has an expression of like both hunger and revenge needed to be sated, yeah. you know, like whereas she's looking at him not with like fondness, but with like curiosity almost almost as if like within bad city he is the only true you know nice you know non <laughs> yeah because uh, dealing drugs in the nightclub is what good eggs do and uh, he was forced into de- dealing those drugs <laughs> no he wasn't he just got them the, the guy that he owes money to like is dead as an egg by her like there's a lot of egg usage there yeah um, um, but yeah, no, I think so. I think that scene is just lovely f- from start to finish. Like uh, the skateboard bits as well are really nice. But I think just from kind of like exposing her character and that she's not like, um, I, well, I don't want to say like heartless villain, but like there are many levels to her 
that and one like another one of them comes out within that scene even before she takes him home and doesn't kill him you know just how she's looking at him even if she had killed him it would still be an interesting scene because you can see that she's thinking about it yeah but she's also thinking about something else so she's kind of like she's just kind of you know looking at him interestingly there's layers there yeah which there's none in Arash. <laughs> that's my point is yeah you yeah can, you can have a character that is for one, his loneliness is not should be bigger. He has a nice car. He uh, he looks like James Dean for Pete's sake, <laughs> like on purpose. It, yeah. it couldn't be more well, rebel without a cause. The car than, is um, his entire life. To be fair, it is. But at the same time, it's somebody that has that car. If it is that he, uh, he put all his energies on getting that car and then it gets robbed and then he gets it back, etc., etc. Hmm. But at the same time, is he doesn't feel like a lonely soul in the same level that she does. Yeah. So her, even though she's a vampire and you have no idea what her past was like or how old she is. Yeah. And how it is. Like I have a better idea of her character than his character. Yeah. His character does things that suit the plot. You're there going like all these layers behind just her look it's kind mm. of what's going on through her head. What Arash is like, I'm selling drugs now. Oh, am I slightly conflicted? <laughs> yeah, but there's a pretty girl laughing at me and then I'm dancing and I'm off my face. And now there's another pretty girl. Oh, everything is face value with him. Only when his dad dies, there's a, a little bit more yeah. to him. But at the same time, it lasts for like about two minutes and then he's like, oh. <laughs> Like the the power of the boner has maybe, survived. Do you think maybe that Arash is the true monster of this film? Well, like I don't even think that he he'd have to be human to be a monster. <laughs> Would he? Well, like all monsters are human. I don't believe in demons. Don't know what Bill Murray movie you've been watching. Um, like the other thing is that I didn't expect so much sexuality in this movie. It's a very sexy movie. In the sense that, no, in nudity, there's like a little bit of nudity in it, like not to call attention to itself. Mm. There's a lot of shots of necks and uh, how when he's lusting for the girl after they take drugs in the nightclub and mm. she's dancing with him or in the scene uh, with the music playing, the way that she holds his neck yeah. up and obviously it's shot in America, so... And released in America, so it's a complete different uh, cultural <laughs> release <laughs> place than making a movie in Iran. Mm. Yet, if you're going to the film thinking it's an Iranian movie, it's quite surprising. You don't expect it. No, no. Yeah, that, that's true, actually. I didn't really think of that, but you're expecting a certain level of, like, you know, conservatism. And yeah, I think it's interesting that it manages to be quite sexualized. In those scenes, like particularly, particularly like all the scenes of necks and everything, um, but without being in any way explicit, like they're really, you know, there is there nudity. I think when she's in the bath. Maybe? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, uh, the that's the only see. But at the same time, because it's fairly early in the movie, it, mm. it kind of shocked me, even <laughs> though it's just there. It's not calling attention to itself. Yeah. Uh, all I could think though was that what, do vampires need baths? 
Well, obviously, to clear the blood of themselves <laughs> is not. She yeah, takes a bath after killing. I don't know what is the pH of their skins. And <laughs> if they use dove to make it softer, if they need it. But dove. I think that it, it, it is very neat to have sexuality in vampire stories because that's the whole point of vampire stories. Yeah. There's no point of having just somebody eating human beings you make a cannibal story mm-hmm. then yeah is the sensualization of death and just waiting for your questions now um well you kind of kind of answered my questions really like because i was gonna yeah i was gonna ask you about cinematography and the use of flair <laughs> uh, and, uh, and the use of black and white as well actually i haven't really talked about that um what are your feelings on their choice of black and white uh yeah black and white uh, I think it's the correct choice. It's mm. not. I can't imagine the movie being in color. Wouldn't yeah. work whatsoever. Like her costume. It's clearly not a black and white top or anything like that. But it does bring the concert between shadows and light, which yeah. is a big thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's also like a very high contrast black and white, which mm. is um, again a good choice. It's not. It doesn't feel flat or... No, 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 um, definitely not. Especially with digital processing, sometimes it's very flat when you just put a grayscale yeah, kind of... Yeah, like... Yeah, I thought a lot about Nebraska, actually. Have you seen that? I've seen it, uh, and it's a far better film. Oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Nebraska. Um, but yeah, I think the black and white in Nebraska is kind of flawed, kind of in the way that you're saying there that... Well, I think- I'm pretty sure that no, obviously that's all daytime as well. And it's a completely different genre and everything. But I think, but yeah. I think that in Nebraska, it's it is flawed in the sense that it's not great looking. Mm. But I think it's the point of it. It's like uh, these places. Like I don't think yeah, that Billings, but- Montana is meant to be no, looking no, no. anything else but no, no, the no, most boring no, no. existing not, place <laughs> not ever. Not stark, obviously. But um, I don't know. I just think that that film didn't need to be in black and white. And I don't think I think it would be more interesting to be in some. What kind Nebraska of- should be in color? Yeah. Oh no! Desaturated, no, 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 no. but not to that extent. Definitely. Like saving Private Ryan but <laughs> in Nebraska. <laughs> Just to wrap it up, really, like mm. uh, I do think that the 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 film has many good things going for it. Intellectually speaking, it has a lot of depth that is hamstrung by half of it. I really don't know how to fix it because at the same time, if you made the character more active, the effect of her actions in his life would be less prominent because she basically takes control over his life. Yeah, well, she's steering the narrative, really. I don't know. Maybe another character somewhere in there. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. At the same time, I don't know Wait, how... Uh, in a scale to... I don't know. How good you think the film is? Do you think it is a masterpiece? No. Excellent. Very good. Good. Bad. <laughs> dog shit. Um, I, think it's, I think it's very good. But... I would agree with you that there are definitely flaws and I don't think that that character is perfect. Like, I didn't pick this film because it's like particularly um, precious to me or anything. I just thought it'd be interesting. Oh, it's uh, uh, born on the 4th of July fucking day. No, there. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know what this movie needs? Will and Defoe. Oh, God. That's, that's what all movies need, really. Um, and a Baldwin. <laughs> we got a Baldwin reference into this podcast, though, so are you happy? Um, Always. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, no, like this is this film is not particularly precious to me, and I don't think it's a great film by any stretch of the imagination. But I think there are interesting things that are going on in this film, and that's why I picked it because I think it's an interesting film to talk about. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure uh, what you were going to think of it. Um, I didn't think meh would be the phrase that you were going to come up with. I thought that you would have enjoyed it more than you did, but at the same time. I can see where you're coming from and I, to a certain extent I do agree. I don't think that it is as ruined by his character and his storyline as you think it is. But I completely agree that she is more interesting. But because she is so involved in his life and they're not just, you know, two characters are not really interacting very much. Like she is completely ingrained there. So I think that like she almost elevates his storyline by... I'd this, be. I'd go as far to say that if it. his if her storyline was worse, the film would be better because the contrast would be <laughs> less noticeable. If that makes any sense. Um. Yeah. Like I think actually maybe what part of your problem is is that yeah, if her if her character hadn't been as interesting and this had been just, you know, they were both kind of playing on the same level, this would have kind of we wouldn't have been as expecting as much of it or something. Yeah. You know, so it would have worked for what it was. But I think your problem is that if his side of it had been, it would have been a great film. Yeah, it just frustrates me. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> if it's just like meh all the way, I'm like, oh, this is very good. With this, this like half of it is 10 out of 10 and the other half is about like a six. It's just like, nah, fuck this. Um <laughs> That's interesting. But uh, mm. at the same time, uh, it, even though her follow-up film hasn't been getting great reviews, mm. I really want to see it because uh, her work really interests me. Yeah. As in, it is a flawed piece of work, but it's not something no, worthless. But like, this is, um, I think as well, uh, actually, what's interesting about this that I completely forgot about until just now is that uh, this is based on a graphic novel. Um, much like... Uh, we are the best. Um, so yeah, I, I would be kind of interested to read that graphic novel to see if something was maybe lost in his character or if maybe within the graphic novel, her character just overshadows it to such an extent. To the same extent? Yeah, or, or maybe, I don't know. So it would be very interesting to see what the comparison is between the two, the two texts. So a uh, favorite part? Uh, my favorite, probably her, her performance and her, although whether it's her performance or her character, I'm not sure. I think it's her performance. I think she's just fantastic. Like, I think, I, I think like, even though it's an interesting character, I don't think you would have been able to get as much from it without her. It's just her face and her eyes and, you know. Yeah, because it's like, oh, stand there. And look yeah, interesting. That, yeah. That'll be the line but, in the script. Like, you know, look, look, and you know, look menacing. Look, you know, interested. Look, you know, you know, she's doing an awful lot with very, very little. And um, I think that it's the whole kind of, um, well, the whole kind of idea of like, oh, it's a vampire, but it's a woman. Oh, you know, like that wouldn't have been as interesting if she wasn't such a great actress and if it wasn't such a great performance i think it just wouldn't have worked as well so that that's definitely my favorite part of it like it's just it's just the scenes where she's like you know wandering about her flat like i could just watch that for yeah because vampires uh the vampires is all about presence on film yeah there is uh any good vampire movie the vampire needs to feel menacing 
and interesting without doing an awful lot yeah it's just how they carry themselves and i agree with you my favorite thing in the movie is her eyes mm. which is a combination of the cinematography and her performance yeah and uh, i don't say it a lot in reviews mm-hmm. but she's an incredibly beautiful woman oh god yeah well and so is he to be fair like these are very pretty people but at the same time is that i think it's the way that she portrays the character yeah. as in if you see pictures of her or other movies or other performances there's not she's not in a lot of things to be mm. fair but if you see even in publicity for the film yeah she looks completely different because yeah. she's not in character it's that kind of like beauty that comes from performance from that character mm. she becomes she's just entrancing like you're just sexy because vampires need to be sexy yeah um yeah what's, what's your least favorite thing well, uh, the fact that this has more flares than the 70s show. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it just, well, I already went on about the half and half split in the movie. But if it is one thing, because uh, his half of the movie is a collection of things. It's like the script, <laughs> cinematography, yeah, uh, performance, the performance of everybody around him. The fact that he has no action in his own story, etc, etc, etc. Mm-hmm. But something that just bugged me for no reason more mm. than I just don't like lens flare. Without its reasons is like like you said, like the scene when the pimp goes into the room and it's like really weirdly placed uh, fluorescent lights like about chest height. Mm. It's cool looking and it, it makes the scene work, but then it just continues. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Like every shot that there's no lens flare is amazing. And then... <laughs> Yeah. there's lens flare and it's digital lens flare just calls attention to itself so much and then you, when you put it in black and white mm. it just kills half the frame mm. uh, like all the detail and stuff so uh, what was your least favorite thing um i think probably the whole thing with the character of the dad and the prostitute not because i don't think it is interesting it's more that it's not really entirely developed i guess and it's just kind of it feels kind of incidental to everything else that's kind of going on like other than i mean not like the scene kind of whenever um she comes and kills her or whatever but like the whole thing of like the dad being a drug addict and stuff just sort of feels because it's not really that developed like there's he kind of talks a little like a brief mention of um of arash's mother whenever he's like hallucinating the cat and everything um which is I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you were talking about David Lynch. Um, or yeah. Dancing with the Balloon, the old man. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, the character of the dad just felt kind of a bit pointless, really. It felt like it was just kind of there for her to kill him. And then, you know, it just felt like a plot point. It didn't really feel, I, I don't know if that's because of, it in comparison to Arash and how Arash's relationship with his dad isn't really that interesting. So maybe if that had been more developed, that would have been whenever, even then, whenever he dies, that would have been more interesting. But like whenever she kills him, it's only really interesting because she killed him. If the drug dealer had killed him, it wouldn't really have been that interesting. Just be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know. Turn two. Uh, yeah. So for me, that's what I kind of find least engaging. Um, but other than that. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a worthy choice, let's say. Um, it wasn't something that I sat there thinking, well, I'm wasting my time watching this. Yeah. It's just... 
Everybody that made it wasted a bit of time making half of the movie. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> okay, uh, where can people reach us, Orla? Um, on Twitter at The Rec Game or on Facebook, The Recommendation Game. Or if they want to talk to us, uh, if you want to engage, you can uh, email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla McNeilis. What film are we doing next week, Orla? Uh, well, it's Ricardo's choice, I I think. So what are we doing next week? Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling, Clementine. Oh, my darling, Clementine. 1947, John Ford. <laughs> See you then. Thanks for listening.